So stand in grace. Receive grace, power. Walk in love. Let's start in Ephesians. We're going to start in verse 3. So Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Paul has a praise here. Just listen to these words. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. <laughs> Woohoo! Amen. Even as he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will. To the praise and glorious grace, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of all trespasses according to the riches of his grace. Which he lavished. He lavished. He poured it out. He, he put it so much. There's too much. He lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight. Making it known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose. Which he set forth in the Messiah in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in Christ, things in heaven, things on earth, everything united in him. In him we have attained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who worked all things according to the counsel of his will. So that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in Jesus, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. Who is, guarantee, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Glory be to God. Skip down to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of the disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and we were na by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Let's not get on a soapbox and try to clean the fish before we catch them. We were all sinners like the rest of mankind. Oh, but the beautiful thing here is but, but God. But God. Not my own merit, not what I could do, not what I think, not what I say, not what I, what I act out, but God being rich in mercy because of his great love, which is which he loved us even when we were dead in our trespasses, even when we were enemies of him. He made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Amen? 
Amen. Stand in grace. And he raised us up with Christ, seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Seated, positioned at the place of power, the right hand of the throne of God. So that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable richness of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace... For by grace, for by grace, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And it is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God. Not a result of works so that no one may boast in themselves. For we boast not in ourselves, but we boast in the cross. The cross crucified because that is what gets us jibed for the day. Because the life that I now live, I live in the flesh by the grace of God. Because I've been crucified with Christ. And we boast, not in ourselves, not in our own doing, not in our own ability to capture thoughts or in our own ability to do good deeds. But we boast in the cross of Christ. We boast that we are saved by God's unmerited, undeserved favor. God's power to change and transform your life. God's power to work in the situation that you are in right now. For we are his workmanship. We are his masterpiece. Created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Woo! That's good news. Whose workmanship are we? God's. And is God powerful enough to make sure we, that he accomplishes his workmanship? Yeah, he is. So even though I'm stupid, and I make mistakes every single day and make stupid decisions all the time, does that disqualify me from God's grace? No, it doesn't. He works in spite of me. And he works to transform me. And I am to crucify myself. I'm to crucify those desires that are in line with God. And I'm to live for who? Myself? Who do I live for? God, for Jesus. So we stand in grace. Grace is our reality. Grace is what we breathe. God's favor given to us. If we confess Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we are saved. If you haven't done that today, oh, I beg you, I implore you, confess Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the bed so you, from the bed, <laughs> from the dead so you can be saved. And if you've done that, then stand in grace. Stand in grace. He has saved you. Not by your own merit, not by your own works. And now that you've been saved, do you think salvation comes by works and merit? No. It's by grace. Beginning to halfway. Beginning to three quarters of the way. Beginning to the end. Stand in grace. What are you going to stand in? Grace. 
stand in grace. We stand in grace and receive grace. Uh, jump back to Ephesians 1.15. This is, Paul prays a lot in this letter. And actually, I pray these prayers for you guys on a regular basis. Listen to this prayer. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and knowledge of him. Having the eyes of your heart enlightened, that you may know what is the hope which he has called you, to which he has, uh, the hope to which he has called you. That are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe. His immeasurable Greatness of his, what? Power. His power towards you who believe. According to the walking of his great might, that he who walked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age but in the age to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him his head over all things to the church. And which is his body, the fullness of him, all in all. Gave all things to Christ, but all things also to the, what's it say there? To the, that's us. Are you? <laughs> Grace, power. Ephesians 3, 7. Of this gospel I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power. To me, though I am very least of all the saints, this grace was given to what was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable richness of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things. So that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might be known, made known to the rulers and authority in heavenly places. Through who? Through the church. Power. Grace. Power. This was according to the eternal purpose that he had realized in Christ Jesus, our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. So I ask you not to lose heart. I know it's hard, but don't lose heart over what I am suffering for you, which is your glory. For this reason, I bow my knee before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. Grace, power. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love. May have strength to comprehend with all the saints. What is, what is the breadth? What is the length? What is the height? What is the depth? And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. That you may be filled with the fullness of 
Now to him, to God, who is able to do far abundantly more, more abundantly than all that we could will think according to the power, the power at work in us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. And everybody said, amen. Christ walking grace power. Receive grace power. The cool thing is, is even if we aren't really recognizing it, grace power is working. Because whose masterpiece are we? God's masterpiece. But the relationship with God becomes so much more full and so much more intimate when we receive grace power. When we see that it is his grace and his power walking in us, and we watch for that, and we're grateful for that, and we embrace that in relationship with him. So we stand in grace, and we receive grace power. In order that we walk, can walk in love in the face of evil. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephes- sorry, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. What do we stand in? Grace. What do we receive? Grace power. Walk in unity of love in the face of evil. Listen to this. I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. What drives the walk? The identity. Grace. (laughs) That's cool, huh? What empowers the walk? Grace power. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. That humility and gentleness and patience is, is, is actually is very horizontal. It's, it's with each other, <laughs> isn't it? Bearing one another with love. Eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit just as you were called to one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all, who is over all, through all, and in all. But grace was given. Grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, when it says he ascended on high and he led a host of captives and gave gifts to men and saying he ascended, what does it mean that he also descended into the lower regions of the earth? He who descended is the one who is also ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles, gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers, the helpers, the servants, the administrators, must, the list could go on in the ways that he's gifted each one of you to be part of the body of Christ. And it's all for the, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. Until we all attain the unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God, to the mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So that we may no longer be children tossed 
to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness, in deceitful schemes, by, by crafty YouTube videos, Twitter tweets. <laughs> right? But we are to build one another up in love. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow in every way into the him who is the head into goal. That's why we're here. Verse 16, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint which is it is equipped when each part, part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in Ephesians 5.15 says, then look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with who? The Spirit. Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making a melody in your heart to the Lord, or making a melody to the Lord with your heart. I think singing is just one way that we come together as a body. We sing, we corporately bring praise and glory to God. But I think also there's this aspect of singing that happens in our own personal walk and in a way to just be with God, to have that song in your head. Not the song that never ends, but the song in your head that glorifies God all the time. Music is a powerful tool that brings the intellect and the emotion together. Giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That attitude of gratitude, right? Finally. Ephesians 6.10, finally, <laughs> be strong in my own self. Be strong in my grit. Finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. This is what I need that soldier. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. It's a spiritual war. If you're a Christian, you have a supernatural worldview, which means you believe that there is more than just this. There is a spiritual realm. And we are at war in that spiritual realm, and we are God's ambassadors here on earth. Therefore, since we are in a spiritual war, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand for. The armor of God is to stand in grace. Think about it. What is the armor? Salvation helmet, right? Breastplate, righteousness. <laughs> These are all grace things given to us by God's grace, truth, 
right? The only way we know truth is that the Spirit of God has led us in truth. The shoes of the gospel of peace, right? We know all these things because, and we stand in all these things because we stand in grace. God's unmerited, undeserved favor in us. And then we receive these things and believe these things. And that enacts grace power to transform and change. Stand therefore. <laughs> Having fastened on the belt of truth. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having on your shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith. In what? Some of them? When you feel like it? What? All circumstances. That faith is how we live. Faith is how we engage God. Faith is where we dwell in the presence of God and practice his presence knowing that he's here. When I say and I talk to God about brushing my teeth, I am exercising faith. And I take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Those flaming darts, they come at us, and we hold the shield of faith by standing in grace, by believing what Christ has done for us. That is not who I am. That is who I was, and I will not listen to the lies that you tell me. I choose to stand in grace and let the grace power, God's power, who rose Jesus from the dead, that is at work in me, walk in me, and I trust in Jesus. And I boast in nothing but the cross of Jesus. And there's nothing that I can do that can undo the cross of Jesus. And I will not sit there and meditate on those lies that you tell me. Those darts that you flee at, fling at me. The shield does not stop the darts. The shield quenches the darts. You ever have a thought come into your mind and then you start thinking about it? And it, it lands there. And then the next thing you know... It's consumed you. And the only thing you think about for the next month, or maybe if you're like me, the next hour or whatever, you ever have that? That's because you didn't hold up the shield of faith and quench the darts. You didn't take the thought captive to the obedience of Christ and submit it to him. Instead, you fixated on it. And whether it was a fixating on it of, oh, my word, I did something bad, or yes, you're solely right, I, I am a totally ruthless loser. Or whether it was a fantasy of, of something that was fleshly. Either way, you've done fall down in the mud. But I want to let you know that there's grace. And that right now, he'll reach down in grace power and pick you up. And wash you and cleanse you, for you are forgiven. All you have to do is look to him. Because he's already forgiven you, and he'll pull you out of that. So we quench the fiery darts of the evil one. And we take on the helmet of salvation. That salvation knowing we are saved. Stand in grace. And the sword of the spirit. Which is the spoken word of God. The spoken word of God. God hears your thoughts. Thank God the enemy does not. So speak the word of God. Have verse cards even in your Bible. You know 
what areas you struggle in. Go and find, help me, come to me, I'll help you find scriptures that, that combat the lies and combat the temptations that you're having. And when you're having those temptations, pull out the word of God and say, this is what is true. Read it out loud. Even if you're at work, go find somewhere in the bathroom or say, I got to take a break and, and read it out loud or just do something noisy. Read it out loud, spoken word of God. Praying <laughs> at lunch, at breakfast. I mean, there's nothing wrong with praying at lunch and breakfast and dinner. That, that's good. But what's it say there? Praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. That's the piecing of the armor together. That's the magnet that holds it all together. Is that communion with God. That you know that God is there with you and that you're having a dialogue with him. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance. Making supplications for all the saints. And this is that other part. Sometimes we get so wrapped up in us. Right? So wrapped up in my own thoughts and my own struggles. And one of the biggest things that helps me is that when I struggle, I know there's another brother, there's another sister struggling as well. And so what I do is I, after I take those thought captives, after I I make sure that I'm standing in the grace of God and I've quenched those thoughts the best I can, I intercede for somebody else. I pray for my brother Aaron. I pray for my brother Tim. I pray for my brother Tom. I pray for my brother Dan. I pray for my brother Tim. There's more than one Tim here. For my brother Bob, I intercede. And what's that do? That takes the pressure, that takes the focus off of me. And woe is me, and what's wrong with me? And it puts it on interceding. So what it does is the the enemy, he's like, yeah, watch this, boom. Or, right? And when I intercede for somebody else, it's like, wham! And he's on the ground. Why? Because he just did not do what he wanted to do. What was he trying to do? He's trying to sideline me. He's trying to destroy me. He's trying to make me useless. Unaffective in the kingdom of God. But what is an effective way in the kingdom of God to intercede, to be in communion with God? And so if he, every time he comes at me with a thought, every time he attacks me and I put on that full armor of God and I stand in the grace which God has given me, I receive grace power and I choose to walk in love of Christ and love of myself and love of my fellow man and I choose to do that, it's like punching him in the face. Submit to God. Resist the devil. And he will You know what? A lot of times we're really good at resisting the devil and hoping he'll flee, but we haven't done the first part. We haven't choose to stand in grace power. We still want to do what we want. We just want the devil to flee on our terms. We still think we have some kind of merit, some kind of worth apart from Christ, but our only worth comes in grace. Our only worth comes in grace. That's where our worth is found. Our society would love to tell us other things, but it's only found in Christ. 
I have been crucified with Christ. It is not I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the grace of God. Oh, it might be faith, but I think it's, I don't know, you have to look it up. I think it's by the grace of God who loves me and gave himself for me. Whether it's faith or grace, both of them all access to Uh, Galatians 2.20, I believe, is that verse. So we walk in love. We walk in the unity of love. What was it? Did you find it? Faith. Okay, thank you. We walk in unity of what? Love. You know, it's easy to have emotion, uh, relational turmoil amongst us. It doesn't actually take that much for it to happen. And there's some I know that's going on right now. And I just want to challenge you in this, that ask yourself, have I am I standing in grace? Am I receiving grace power in this, God's power in this, to love my brother and sister? Am I choosing love? Or am I letting something else get in the way? I would say that all church politics are rooted back into this. All church divisions are a lack of this. Either one or both parties are not choosing to walk in love. So we stand in grace, receiving grace power to walk in the unity of love in the face of evil. Choose today to stand in grace. If you've not received Christ as your personal Savior, confessed him as Lord, believed in your heart that God raised him from the dead, I encourage you to do that today. And if you have done that, and I know many of you have, and if you have done that, then I encourage you to stand in that reality of God's unmerited favor to you, that Christ paid it all, and all to him I owe. That grace is greater than all my Father God, we praise you. We thank you for your grace that is sufficient. Lord, we pray that you would help each one of us stand in grace, receive grace power, and to walk in the unity of love in the face of evil. For it is an evil time. It is an uncertain time. But we know that you are working and we hold on to you. May we practice your presence in the mundane so when the big things come, we're in practice. <laughs> of knowing that you are there with us in the valley of the shadow of death and that we should fear no evil for your rod and your staff, they comfort us. We ask these things in Jesus' name.